Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. To some, it was the fulfillment of a dream. To others, it was an instrument of destruction. A creation that could change the course of history. It was stolen from my factory. Where's the package? This is the FBI! What do we tell the president? Tell me exactly why this merchandise is so important to the feds. It's a rocket. A rocket? What? What's the matter? I don't know. There's something under the seat. Oh, my. What are we doing here? What are you supposed to do? Is a bomb or something? No. I wouldn't touch that if I were you. How do I look? Like a hood ornament. Stand clear. What was that? Are you trying to kill yourself? I like it. Uh oh, we got company. You steer, I'll push. For what? I want that rocket, Eddie. Not next week, not tomorrow. Now, keep your eyes open for this dame. Jenny's in trouble. <laughs> They're working for a Nazi agent. With an army equipped with these, you could rule the world. Cliff! You touch one hair on her head, I swear I'll. <laughs> Shoot him! We've got the girl. The rocket will come to us. I love her, Peeve. Does she know that? She's gonna find out. Let him have it! Hand over the rocket! Go get him, kid. Hello and welcome to Smirch Pod Royale, a podcast celebrating all the Bond films and Bond-related films by those who enjoy, hate, or you know, just aren't asked about them. Hosted by me, John Rain. This week we'll be heading back to the golden age of Hollywood in order to give an actor's career a much-needed boost before he gets fired. Yes, it's the Rocketeer. And joining me to hold our sticks in our hands and do this one for the fatherland is co-host <laughs> of, of the wonderful Cheap Show podcast, Paul Gannon. Hello, Paul. Hello. Thanks for having me. Uh, I only just realised that was an intro when I started getting the references to all the weird Nazi stuff. So yeah, <laughs> for a minute, just for a small minute, I thought you'd lost your mind. But now I know where we're going. Yeah, I knew you'd get the Nazi stuff. 
<laughs> which is only in reference to the film we're talking about, yeah. not an interest in Nazi stuff in general. I want to no. make that clear. No, no. But you do have an interest in joysticks, though. Do I? Yeah, you you're on Games Master, weren't you? Oh, well, I didn't get the golden joystick. No, but you used a sting thing, stick thing. Did I? Didn't you play a game? Oh, I played um, Duck Hunt on Games Master oh, back in the day no. when I was a wee little boy. Uh, I think I was 14 when I did that. Oh, yeah. Was that Dominic Diamond? or That was. It was the first series. It was the last ah. episode. And for some reason, they uh, I was uh, the special guest that episode was Emlyn Hughes. <laughs> so they obviously wanted to go out on a scouse note for some reason. Obviously, obviously, yeah. So you weren't, you didn't get to go on the um, the oil rig that um, Dexter Fletcher had. No, I looked out on that in many respects. I think you did. Um, but anyway, so we're here to talk about Rocketeer. Do you like Rocketeer? I love the Rocketeer. It's mm. one of those films that quote unquote they don't make anymore. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they barely made it then. No, and this is the thing, even back then, you could see reviews of the film saying, mm. oh, they don't make them like this anymore. And I was like, Christ, mate, give it 20 years. <laughs> also, they didn't market it at all and didn't bother promoting it. They just let it go out and die. Yeah, weirdly, cons- mm. just considering what they were trying to do with that film, which is launch their own kind of Indiana Jones franchise. Yeah, it's very odd. Very odd. I don't get it. No, I don't get it. But let's try and let's try and dis- disassemble this thing and put it back together and see if it works. Oh, good. I'll do that then. Yeah. Well, we started with 1938 in Los Angeles, mm. and we meet Cliff Secord. Now he's got a special plane called the GB Racer. Yes, it's nice. It's very it's, nice. It's the, it's the next new cool thing. It you is. need a test pilot to test it. It looks terrifying. Yeah, but that's one of the things I do love about the movie, though, hmm. is that it does nail that late 30s Hollywood. Well, not Hollywood, but you know what I mean? It, it nails that look. Yeah. No, it really does. And the music as well. I love this, the soundtracks. This is one of my favourite soundtracks of all time. That's James. This is James Horner, right? James Horner, yeah. Who was a guy. This is the thing. I remember, I don't know why, but when I was like a film studies snob in my hmm. teens... I, for some reason, had a real problem with James Horner, and I don't know why, but I remember like, not really liking his music. And I think I think it's because of Titanic. I think because I hated Titanic so much. Yeah. I therefore hated James Horner. But like, you look at the music he's done, and no, it's all absolutely fucking wonderful. Mm. <laughs> there are very few instances where you go, oh, that's a shit score. It's like even when he did Space Raiders, and he was used... Not, is it Space Raiders? The film based on crisps. Oh, I, I miss Space Raiders. <laughs> it's it's one of those Corman ones, but basically uh, okay. he, he scores that, mm. but he scores it with bits of music taken from Star Trek Two and Star Trek Three. Yeah, it's almost as if he used like early bits of his work. Anyway, yeah. So his music in this is amazing. The first piece with the door opens mm. with the Rocketeer sign, and you just see the door open. It's like, yeah, that's it. I'm in. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think the only problem I have with James Horner, I love him. He's one of my favorite composers, but he is one of those ones that will just rip himself off all the time. All the time. He's almost as bad as, like, Cayman. I was going to say, Michael Cayman's the worst. Like, to the point where sometimes you can be watching an action film and go, wait, isn't that the bit from Die Hard? Yeah. <laughs> like, I'm pretty sure The Last Action Hero is made up purely of off-cuts from his earlier films. Yeah, so is Licence to Kill. Yes. Yeah. Yes, that's true. Because you forgot he did that, but that's why Licence to Kill sounds like Lethal Weapon at times. Yeah, exactly. Uh, but talking of a Lethal Weapon... Cliff mm. Secord is in his plane with his, just his head sticking out. 
Yeah. And he's going to take it for a, a flight, a test flight, because it's they're going to win the nationals in this thing. Yeah, I, I was fuzzy on that. Is it just a I can fly a plane good competition? I think so. Yeah. All right, good. I was I hoping it was something like we are the champions, where everyone else is swimming in their pants. Comes... It's a knockout. Yeah. <laughs> he comes flying in. Oh, shit. I would I would pay to see an American. It's a knockout with the Rocketeer. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I would. <laughs> but not we are the champions because that wouldn't get on telly these days. No. No. Probably for the best. Probably for the best. Yeah. It was executively produced by Gary Glitter. Was um, it? I didn't know that. No, it wasn't. It wasn't. That was a joke. No, right. That's <laughs> how gullible I am. <laughs> uh, anyway, so yeah, he puts his chewing gum for luck on the tail of the plane. He always does that. It's a tradition. And he puts the picture of Jenny in the cockpit. Two big, lovely things that shows that the scriptwriters know what they're doing. Yeah. Because that bubblegum, chewing gum thing becomes mm. quite the important motif throughout this film. And it's something I didn't notice again when I first watched it as a kid. Mm. I only watched it recently, yeah. It's brilliant. But meanwhile, gangsters are being chased by the FBI and police. Yeah. And they're doing that thing where they're shooting Tommy guns at each other. And one of them is sat in that awkward seat they used to have in old cars. Mm. It's like a, a chair in the boot. I believe it was called the Tommy gun seat. It was specifically made for people with Tommy guns to sit and shoot at things. Was it? No, I don't know. I'm making. Oh, that. you see, I'm gullible as well now. <laughs> well, you know, yours wasn't as inspired as mine. <laughs> <laughs> We're just going to be going around in circles, going, "Is it though?" <laughs> yeah. Um, can you guess the facts from the stuff we make up for no real reason? This should be on telly. We could have a little caption. I think that's called "Would they lie to you?" or whatever that show's called. Uh, would 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 you would you mind supplying us with the, t- the talent, please, Avalon? I think it's yeah, called. would you call my bluff, please, Avalon? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot that Would I, I Lie to You, Please was originally hosted by Angus Dayton. Oh, funny in many respects. Mm. But there you go. Mm. Uh, <laughs> I don't care. I don't like that show. <laughs> no, no one likes that show, do they? Uh, no, the only thing that show's done is showed the world what we already knew, which is Bob Mortimer's a genius. Mm-hmm. And that everyone else just is, isn't much yeah but when yeah. angus deaton left they took the please out of the title just changed it to would i lie to you oh i didn't remember there being a please is this where you now say that that was never a thing <laughs> that's right yeah right bollocks here we go <laughs> <laughs> the game is on <laughs> uh, so they have a big chase and for the very spiteful man with the tommy gun when cliff flies over because he's having a bit of a nose yeah. What's going on down there? The spiteful man with the Tommy gun. I mean, our gangsters, I think, are traditionally spiteful by nature. Mm. He shoots the plane as it's going over. This bit is so mean. You see, I put that on, on Cliff, though, because he's flying a plane and he can obviously see there's some kind of urgent thing happening on the ground. Yeah. I'd stay away if it looked like they had guns because I've got a really posh new plane that I have to fly in a competition. I'd stay well away. You've got a bit of Judge Pickles there. Have I? Yeah, he's he's asking for it, is what you're saying. Yeah, no, well... <laughs> he shouldn't I'm have just got out of that plane. I'm just saying, maybe he shouldn't have been so nosy. But then the, the events of the film would never have happened, it's so... It's true, it's true. So, you know, to, to enjoy the rainbow, you have a little bit of rain. True. Yeah. So he gets shot down, and um, the gangsters escape the police momentarily, the, F- the FBI. They go into a hangar. One of the, the one in the Tommy gun seat, as we call it, is mm-hmm. dead. So the other one... They're carrying a very precious cargo, mm. and he swaps it out. And meanwhile, Cliff, this is what I enjoy about Peavy, played by Alan. Ar- it's Alan Arkin, isn't it? I'm thinking of Alan. Yes, Arkin. I always yeah. get them mixed up. Alden, Alden. Well, let's pull the whole thing off. 
He was made. Uh, he made the role of Inspector Clouseau very famous. I seem to remember. Very famous. In fact, when he did it, Peter Sellers retired from acting forever. Yeah. yeah. It took him twelve years before he even dared put on the Mac again. Yeah. Unbelievable. <laughs> and that is a true fact, by the way. Just in case people now don't trust anything I say. <laughs> I don't think anyone's going to trust you ever again. That's yeah, true. As is life. Mm. But I like the PV's um, positivity because when they crash the plane and it burns into flames, PV walks over, looks at it, and goes, "Well, that's the end of that." Yeah, he's very pragmatic, PV. He seems mm. to be very kind of he rolls with the punches, and I almost admire that in the character. Mm. His surname is C. Is it? No. No, I know. <laughs> I, I saw that one coming, but only because P- I was thinking. Should I make that joke? Invent- <laughs> and I'm glad you did. He invented leatherette trousers. which Yeah, yeah. I believe so. After all that plane business <clears throat> didn't yeah. work out for him. Yeah, it's the only way to go. Um, so Cliff and the FBI get a little punch. And then meanwhile, Howard Hughes. It's okay, Howard by, Hughes. By lost star mm. Terry O'Quinn. That's right. He was one of those guys, isn't he, though? He's one yeah. of those actors who you go, oh, he's in everything. Mm-hmm. I just, like, Stepfather, I remember watching those films as a kid, and then putting it together, like, oh, it's him from Lost. He's in that. Yeah. And the FBI guy, he's, um, what was his name? I can't remember his name, but he was in, used to be in everything as well. Oh, the kind of guy with the long face. Yes. Who gets a punch later on. He was on. in Death Wish 3. He played the cop in that, didn't he? He did, yeah. Who eventually has to side with uh, Bronson. Yeah, because <laughs> well, the police force ain't working. No, I want you to do your bit, and we'll turn a blind eye. Yeah, isn't it? The whole series is basically about turning a blind eye to an old man with a gun. Mm-hmm. Isn't that what America's doing in general, Paul? Well, isn't it just? Isn't it? I'm glad we can be <laughs> topical as well as relevant. <laughs> that is. This is why Angus Deacon got fired from Would I Lie to You, Please. One of many reasons, yeah. I'm sure. <laughs> it was the it was the tip of the iceberg, to be honest. Um, <laughs> yeah. So Howard Hughes, the the, F, the, FP, the government people say, well, the rocket's gone. It's been blown up in an, an accident. So we want you to rebuild one. He says, never. I'll never rebuild it. Also, I'm going to do all my wheeze in bottles. Yes, I'm um, going <laughs> to. Don't look in that cupboard. Stay away from that cupboard. <laughs> also, wouldn't they be like hermetically sealed? I mean, he would. I, he want them to come near him. I don't know. I think that's a bit too early, isn't it? I don't think yeah. he go. He didn't go mad until like the seventies when he mm. moved to L.A. permanently. When he built the Spruce Moose. Not L.A. Las Vegas, even. Yeah. Yeah, Las Vegas. There's a bond connection there, isn't there, with Howard Hughes? Yeah, because he basically said, "Yeah, let them do whatever they want to film uh, Diamonds Are Forever." Yeah, but Cubby Broccoli was friends with him, and had a dream one night. That yeah. he'd been replaced by a baddie, and then he thought, "Well, how would we know? Because he's in isolation." And then he, th- then he was like, "Ah, so that's ah. Where the plot for Diamonds Are Forever comes from." Yeah, that explains quite a lot, though, when you think about that film. <laughs> it does, doesn't it? <laughs> um, so then we meet Bigelow, who's that little, little John Polito. I love him. He's dead. Mm. He just died recently, I think, but he was great. Um, he owns all the hangers, and he wants them to pay for all the damages. And then he says, um, they say, well, you know, it's not our fault. And he says, ah, oh, but I still want you to pay for it. And then he says, unless you do the clown act. Oh, that's right, because the old drunk in the bar ends up, yeah. Mm. Which 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 means they want him, he wants them to dress as a clown and wake him off. <laughs> Is that it? Yeah. <laughs> Is that what the rocketeer really means? <laughs> yeah. 15 bucks a go. Wow. 
that's not too. I mean, that's quite costly for 1938. Yes, really. I mean, you must be very good at it. Yeah, it's like a month's wages for some people. Mm. But you know, I'm guessing Bigelow loves clown porn. Well, <laughs> who doesn't? <laughs> and this was before the internet, so yeah, you should see all those it porn parodies. <laughs> and... What would you call an it porn parody? That you know, what? I was just thinking that because it's too short to do anything with. Other oh, I, than, I don't know, tit. Yeah, tit. Maybe that's it. I think that's it. Tit. That's it. You've nailed it. <laughs> the thing is, the thing is, we have to move quickly away because you'd have to age up all the characters because there's no way you can do part one of the story no. as a porn parody. No, no, you'd have to start in part two. We all <clears throat> suck down here. You can't do that in front of little Georgie. You can't. <laughs> that explains why he's got that stammer anyway. Yeah. Oh, God. <clears throat> <clears throat> oh my god I really want to see tit now it, again it has to be tit part 2 doesn't it you'd have to ignore tit to part 1 part <laughs> you have to take part 1 as read yeah or seized yeah, just, yeah you just allude to it have you seen tit <laughs> I have all billboards everywhere anyway <clears throat> so yeah so uh, Cliff then uh, when he's looking around in the hangar he finds a duffel bag and in it is a rocket. And Peavy, being the technical genius he is, he's like, well, what is it? And then he shows him. And then he goes, well, yeah. how, how does it work? And then Cliff puts it on. And he's like, oh. <laughs> it's one of those lovely moments where in real life, they just be like, I don't know, put it in the bin, put it around the back, put, get out of the way. <laughs> I'll put it out the front with a note on it. It's like, come on, seriously, if you, I don't know, found a bag in your house and inside there was a rocket pack, <laughs> would your first inclination to be, I'll just try it on, see if it fits. I think I probably would. Oh, really? Yeah, I think I would. Oh, fair enough. Then I stand corrected. And then I'd run around the living room going, <laughs> Cut to massive explosion, <laughs> fire, ambulance turning up. What happened? Oh, we don't know. The last we heard, he was running. We just heard him going, Wee! around his house. <laughs> and then it all went up. It's uh, <clears throat> uh, <laughs> a good story for the funeral, though. Yeah, isn't it? Mm. And all because he loved that damn Disney film. Yeah. I, I don't know how people knew to leave a rocket in my house, but I'm thankful that I went out in the way I would have liked to. It's because you've got a P.O. box set up. You yeah. get fans sending you stuff. Hopefully I'll get a copy of Tit soon. <laughs> Part two. Part two. Yeah, obviously. Yeah. <laughs> That's how you weed out the Roggins. You put Tit one and two out for sale. And everyone that buys well, so you... one, you arrest them immediately. So you turn up. A... A series of porn films into a kind of to catch a, to catch, catch a, a killer predator. kind of thing. Yeah. To catch a predator, yeah. yeah. It's like, please sit down. Oh, I see you've rented tit part one. <laughs> Can you explain? I got, I got oh. confused. Oh. I thought it was the real film. <laughs> God. <laughs> <laughs> I've gone, I've gone. Oh dear. Oh dear. <laughs> so, then they get a statue and they put the rocket on it and they're going to give it a test. Yeah, I like that bit. <laughs> mm. But then we cut to Neville Sinclair, Timothy Dalton. Yay. Yay. He's hi- it turns out he's hired Valentine's gang. Valentine is played by Paul Savino from Your Good Fellas. Yeah, Paul Savino from... Everything involving gangsters. Yeah. <laughs> he was in Dick Tracy as Raisin Face. 
That's right, yeah. yeah. Uh, this is the way they get the timeline. Because at the timeline when this film came out, Dalton had finished with the Bond films, right? Yeah. Yeah. And Dick Tracy had just come out as well. Yeah, well, Dalton had done Licence to Kill the year before. This was 1991, wasn't it? So two years before, but it basically had retired, yeah. Oh, Or resigned, okay. or resigned. Right. Interesting, okay. Yeah, and yeah, yeah, so Dick Tracy was 1990. This is 91. So yeah, it was all gang. Everyone loved gangsters in the early 90s. Yeah, and those three summers, though, in a mm. row, were just packed with everything. Everything yeah. that we remember from our youth were basically 89, 90, 91. Yeah, and Dick Tracy tried to copy the Batman marketing by just having the logo and no writing on the poster, and everyone was like, what is it? Yeah, what is it? Is it another Danny Elfman movie? Because it sounds like it. <laughs> it certainly is. <laughs> I'm, you know what? I watched Dick Tracy back recently, and I will say this for it. Hmm. What it lacks in action and adventure, it makes up for in style, because it's oh, one hell of a good-looking film. It's beautiful to look at, but the, unfortunately, the thing that really doesn't work is that everybody has got makeup on in a, in a little bit, mm. and then Dick Tracy walks in, and it's just Warren Beatty. Yeah. And that, that the, the weird thing is with that film, again, not going to derail this too much, is that if it just had one extra middle action scene, like a proper yeah. piece of adventure, you, you could probably forgive its slow patches and the fact that it's basically a Sondheim musical. Yeah. You do get a montage where he punches the man and the man sort of helicopters over the other side of the room. Yeah, that's it. All the, all the fighting, fightings are done in tableau. Yeah. You know, you need a little bit of action. Or, or you know, like a, an aggressive bumming. Well, that's why the, the poor parody of Dick Tracy got about quite a bit. <laughs> well, that's easy, isn't it? Yeah, you, just, you don't have to change anything. No. I, th- I think you might have to, though. Well, Ch- change well change big Dick Tracy. I don't big know. Big Dick do Tracy, do? that's it. Yeah. Perfect. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or suck my dick, comma, Tracy. <laughs> <laughs> no, I like Big Dick Tracy better. <laughs> okay, good. Because um, I guess <laughs> his little wrist radio thing would be brilliant, wouldn't it? Big Dick Tracy, calling Big Dick Tracy. <laughs> yeah, but that's it. That's the only thing gimmick he's got is a wristwatch with the radio yeah. in. Yeah. Yeah. Unless it plays porn music when the time is right for L'Amour. <clears throat> Obviously, you have to remove the subplot about the kid. Right, we're going to have to move on again. Yeah, we, have to move on. <laughs> we can't do this all day. No. Um, <clears throat> so, yeah, he says to Valentin's gang that he wants them to get the package. And they're like, well, we're not having anything to do with this because we don't know what it is. And then he says, it's a rocket. And then he says, I want that rocket, Eddie. Yeah. Because it's not revealed at this point of his ulterior motives. No, we don't know. No. Yet. It's funny that they introduce <clears throat> him first with that scene. Yeah, and not the scene with him as the actor hero. You know the 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 laughing bandit. You mean? Yeah, it's funny that they don't begin with that, and mm. then. But I don't know. I can see it's the only kind of part of the script I don't quite get. It feels like they need to get that bit of exposition out of the way. Mm. So when the reveal comes on that he's listening to Cliff and uh, his girlfriend talking behind, you know, all that kind of stuff. Yeah, because you need to know why he's interested in that topic of conversation. Yeah, um, <clears throat> all, all when you know, there's a bit where they go to the cinema on a date and they, they're talking about going to see a Neville Sinclair movie. Why not have a scene from the movie that they're going mm. to see to show you that he is an established Hollywood actor? Yeah, I guess that would have. Yeah, that would have been enough as well. Yeah, yeah. fair enough. But interesting anyway, because it all. I mean, it it slightly takes away a bit of the the mystery element of the story yeah. to reveal it up front that he's got an ulterior motive. But uh, yeah, no, Dalton's great in this. Oh, he's brilliant. obviously. Because he's having lots of fun. Yeah. 
he is having the a whale of a time as mm. a mustachioed Hollywood actor with a slight yeah. Scouse accent, <laughs> with just a slight one. Yeah. Well, yeah, because mm. he's got this. He's got. I I love that kind of Timothy Dalton tone he's got, mm. where everything comes across like you're being shouted at by a headmaster. Mm. It's not. I'm not. It's not a complaint at all. It's just one of those things no. where it's like he comes across like the headmaster who shouts at you because you drew a dick and balls on the blackboard. <laughs> He could be the demon headmaster. Hey, reboot that with him. That yeah. would work. Yeah. There I think go. they Condition did reboot that. it. But they, I think they rebooted it recently and he, they made it a sexy young guy. Oh, God. Really? Yeah, I think so, Sexy yeah. demon headmaster. <laughs> you know what? We're on a... We need to keep swerving out of these. <laughs> Erotic. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Yeah, so he, he says bring them the rocket and he'll triple their price. Mm. <clears throat> and as they leave, he gets to use his sword to cut off the heads of some flowers, which is sexy. It is sexy, but then mm. you, do you reckon he, right after that scene cut, he went, Oh, I shouldn't have done that. They were yeah. nice. Yeah. That was my late mother. <laughs> yeah. I was meant to put them on a grave later. Oh, I'm going to have to go out and buy more now. I could sell a tape them back on. Staple. Well, they don't have the staples back then, did they? No. I don't know. That's a good question. Did they have staples in 1938? Please do email in if they had staples in 1938. Not the store. I no, mean, no, you know. No. Yeah. Good. No, absolutely. Um, but what he's actually done is he sent his monstrous henchman, Lothar. Uh, who's... who's the only character in the film who looks larger than life. Because mm. everything's quite realistic, but he does look like, to be fair, a Dick Tracy villain. He looks exactly like a Dick Tracy villain, yeah. He's based on a baddie from the old Basil Rathbone Sherlock Holmes films. Oh, really? Yeah, I can't remember the name of the actor, but in the Sherlock Holmes films, he was called the Hoxton Horror, and the, his face looked exactly like that. Ah. <laughs> so they used him in this, and they got an actor called Tiny Ron Taylor to play him. 
Yeah, he's one of those. That's one of those tinies in quotation marks, yeah. isn't it? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Unless that was his real name. That would have been very like forward thinking of his parents. Mm. Exactly. And if you want to see Tiny Ron Taylor, then you should watch the film Roadhouse. He's in it as one of the henchmen. Oh, really? Yeah, there's a bit. He's, his best, his finest work is when Patrick Swayze's using his binoculars to look across the water at the party going on at Brad Wexley's house, whatever it's called. And mm. there's a big tall guy doing like a kind of Watutsi. And <laughs> that's him. And he looks really awkward and out of place. That's him. Yeah. <laughs> and he, he cameos in this as well. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, there we go. Uh, so, meanwhile, Cliff is taking out Jenny to the cinema, as you mentioned. Yes. And then after the cinema, they go to the Bulldog Cafe. And there's a bit of a Shaun of the Dead Winchester Arms thing going on here because he always brings her to the Bulldog Cafe. And she's bored of it because yeah. she's bored of small town living and she wants to be a star. She wants to be a Hollywood star. Yeah. Um, and and she, she's, you know what, hmm. Jennifer... Um, Connolly. Oh, right, Connolly. Hmm. Um Really good in this, but you, you feel like they missed a beat somewhere along the line with her character. Like there was something she had to do. Yeah. She never quite does it in this film. Because yeah. she's she's obviously the damsel in distress type character, but it's not like it's not like she can't hold her own. The scene mm. later on where she goes, Oh, I finally played the scene with the great Neville, blah mm. blah blah. It's really nice little payoff for her character, but you know, she does a lot of hard work in this and I think she does it well. She does. Yeah, when I mean, this is only a lot like five years after Labyrinth. Ooh. Did she do Labyrinth after that um, um, horror film? What's it called? Tit? Oh, Argento's horror he did. It was like she plays a, a, a child who can communicate with bugs. Oh, I don't know. Was that, oh, was that, that f- Tit part two? Yes. That, that, yes, it was. <laughs> <laughs> I don't... <laughs> uh, oh, dear. I, don't I wish to... I'd never mentioned it. <clears throat> I know. I don't want to think about Tit again. <clears throat> no, don't. set me off. <laughs> yes, well, I don't know which way it will set you <laughs> off. So, therefore, yeah. can we please move on? Let's move on. Um, but so, he's, one thing he hasn't told Jenny though is that the plane crashed. So his hopes of getting into the national are all over. And then she she mentions about the plane, and then um, that man Malcolm in the middle of the bar. Yeah. He says, oh, you're going to be in the National Cliff uh, after your plane exploded and burnt out and you look like a real prick. Yeah, yeah. It's like, shut up, mate. You're a drunk. Mm. How dare you Yeah, judge, judge me. me in front of my <laughs> woman. You can't even fix a toy plane, yeah. you gibbering idiot. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> well, talking of which, he does... He's trying to fix this toy plane and a, a wheel from it flies into Jennifer Connelly's soup and... And sprays all over her. And soup's another motif as well in this bloody film, if it you is. remember that. It it's is. It's like she, she orders soup at the beginning. They use the soup later for the secret notes. There's all this soup. There's a real soup metaphor going on. I mean, I might as well mention it now. There's a bit later on where Timothy Dalton says, we didn't order the soup. And then Cliff Seacor says, someone ordered it for you. Yeah. You don't order soup and send it to someone's table. And if someone did... You wouldn't eat it. Because no. if someone sent me, oh, th- that man over there bought you a bowl of soup, I'd be like, yeah, no thanks. I, yeah. I, I'll skip that, thanks. Yeah. There is a note floating at the bottom. Yeah. <laughs> Alleyway, five minutes. It's like, <laughs> no, I'm not. No oh, thanks. Can imagine sending someone, oh, that lady's very attractive. Please send her a soup. <laughs> he slides the soup down the bar. She crabs it with one hand. <laughs> <laughs> they could do that if, they, if Heinz did that as a kind of Bugsy Malone pastiche but with soup 
Oh, yeah, like they did... Um, Le what Crunch. was the advert in the 80s that did it? Was it Apples? Yeah, Le Crunch Bunch. Yeah. Yeah. And they grew yeah, up yeah, to be the a... credit Le Crunch Bunch. Oh, God. <laughs> anyway, so... Yeah, please. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so then when she's like, oh, I can't believe you let me find out in front of all these people like a fool. And she, he's like, well, the only reason they knew is because they were there. And then she's like, oh, because I, you know, I, I'm sorry, I couldn't be there. I was auditioning. And he's like, God, you're always auditioning. What's wrong with you? It's like, mate, she wants to be an actor. Yeah. She's got dreams, mate. And then, and then he mocks her roles that she's got. Yeah. It's, it's a weird way to kind of introduce your love story by having two people who don't seemingly like each other's lives that much. Yeah, I don't buy them as a couple. I really like them, though. I, really, I like him. I, I think he should have done other things, but he didn't. No, not really. It's, it seems to be one of those things where it's like, once the film kicks off and the adventure starts happening, all that stuff kind of gets forgotten about. Mm. Um, so it feels like they just had to give them some kind of character mm. problem that they had to used to kill the beginning of the film you know kill time just to kind of build something and yeah then it's all kind of forgotten about even at the very end where she goes oh next time i'll just stay around here and be a mum it's like oh there's your characters going out the window yeah and he says not the way i do it Uh, (laughs) i meant flying a rocket um yes (laughs) meanwhile lothar has got into where eddie's guy is in hospital and says, where is it? And uh, squishes him in half, breaks him in half. Yeah. Scary. It's like Jason Voorhees. It is. Yeah, what did he do? Didn't Jason Voorhees literally do that in one of the Jason films? He does it in Freddy vs. Jason. Freddy vs. Jason, Oh, no, he does it in uh, Jason Lives as well. He bends a man backwards. Excellent. Snaps his back, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, good times. Yeah. (laughs) Memories. (laughs) (laughs) Have that song, and then images of Friday the Vertigo movie of brains being smashed in and heads being crushed. I would and love bodies that. being snapped. There's some good ones in there as well. There are some good ones in there. Yeah, I like the one in part three where he squishes the man's head and his eyeball flies into the camera. That's because three D films had mm. the beauty of having the most pointless death possible, just so you can have stuff like that in. But that film unnecessary also... yo-yo use. As I was well just going to say that's got a yo-yo in it. Hey, look, at... and it's also got that. Would you like some of my doobie? <laughs> sit yeah. right down the camera bless them oh. I will always say I would rather sit down with the Friday the 13th movie than, than any of the Halloween sequels yep. which I all find boring yeah I agree I couldn't agree more I love the Friday the 13th but only up to part 8 after that they're shit uh, 8 is Manhattan oh yeah alright that's got its moments in it yeah. I don't mind Jason Goes to Hell I don't oh, I it's, do. it's, it's, not, it's not a Jason film but I will say this for it there are some scenes in it I really liked, like the fake out at the beginning with the FBI and the takedown. Mm. And I liked, you know, when the woman got punched in the jaw and it went into her brain. That was good. Mm. <laughs> so there's bits in there I do like. And then the Freddy glove comes out the ground. It's not completely without merit, Your mm. Honour. I don't like it. Jason, you don't Jason, like Jason X as well? I don't like Jason X, no. Ah. It's got a good like kill Jason? in it. but um... Freddy versus Jason? It's okay. I have fun with that. I remember when I went to see that in the cinema, everyone seemed to be having a good time with it. I was expecting Jason to be Bobby Charlton at the end because he's got this wispy comb over all the way through it. <laughs> that would have been excellent. And what a twist. And then that means Jason, uh, Freddie could have been Emily Hughes. <laughs> <laughs> he was hey, such a, such a horror Simon film Western. series. 
Saints and Saints and Greavesy. Yeah, this, like killer, killer. I don't know. Perverts. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> killer perverts. The killer perverts. Satan Greavesy. Yeah. What's what's their method of killing people? Uh, mostly boredom and football stats. <laughs> <laughs> well, what makes know. them perverts then? Uh, <laughs> they do it wearing. <laughs> Wearing S and M costumes, <laughs> I don't know. What so like a kind of like necklace thing with the the bikini that's made of leather with the little rings going around the nipples? That yeah. Sort of thing. yeah, 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 perfect. Think of it as Saints and Greavesy meets Hellraiser, <laughs> <laughs> and we're good to go. They've both got those microphones sticking out of their throat. You know the ones yeah. that you use when you do football. Yeah, yeah, yeah. To cover and, your mouth. Uh, uh, Jimmy. Jimmy, Jimmy, where's Jimmy come from? <laughs> Jimmy Greavesy, that's not his name. It's I'm going Jimmy off Greaves, on a tangent though. again, Doctor. Uh, it's fine, it's fine. I was enjoying Satan and Greavesy go to hell. The, <laughs> the final nightmare. Saint versus Greavesy. <laughs> Whoever wins, we lose. They <laughs> are <laughs> found in an Aztec temple, buried <laughs> under the ice. Yeah, and, there's, <laughs> and it's a competition every 1,000 years. <laughs> Who did you send down there to defeat them, though? Lineker. Lineker. Elton Wellsby. Gary Lineker becomes the ash of the evil dead to this franchise. Nice. Yeah. Nice. I like that. And he had his hand chopped off because it was possessed by the evil. So he put a football on the end of his wrist. And he's got a football hand, which he uses to punch people real hard. I, I really want to see this. <laughs> I really want to see this. I want a double bill of tip part two in this. Taylor Greasy go to hell. Oh, it's like the glory days of British cinema all over again. <laughs> they'd make, they'd have made this forty years ago. They would have. If, if, Fifty this, years ago, maybe. This would have been alongside all those films of the eighties, like Funny Man and uh, I Bought a Vampire Motorcycle. It's one yeah. of those kind. Or in the seventies, those kind of come play with me type pornos they put on in the afternoon yeah. in London. Oh uh, yeah, all the creepy stuff. Yeah. That John Landis wish he'd made. Yeah, yeah. Well, all the leg- legitimate actors would be in because they were the only films the British industry was making. Yeah. Can I say, mm. weird that in a, in Ghostbusters Afterlife they decided mm. to reference Cannibal Girls, the Ivan Reitman soft porn comedy sketch thing. Yeah, I noticed that on the um, the cinema. Yeah, yeah. weird. They it's... could have put twins on there, you know? It could have been anything. <laughs> could have been Junior. Could have been. Could have been anything other than Cannibal Girls. I, I objected to the fact that at the end um, and Ivan Reitman held Jason Reitman's hand while he did a big shit on... Um, Howard Grant's grave. <laughs> How am I doing, Dad? Good. I get the feeling once they c- finished filming it, there was some kind of Reitman quickening where <laughs> lightning came from the sky. And it's like, you are now a true Reitman. <laughs> You've made a terrible Ghostbusters movie, <laughs> as I did in 1989. We all must. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Paul your Fig. children. Paul and Fig your children. Can I come in? <laughs> <Yeah>. Nope. Nope. <laughs> For some reason, we're not letting you in. <coughs> he died for our sins, Paul Feig. He did. What's he done since? Uh, he did that, um, oh, what was it called? That kind of Hitchcockian thing with that girl in from that oh, show. Yeah. <laughs> I know the one you mean, but I can't remember what it's called. Yeah, um, that one. He did played tip a part two. Yeah. yeah. Anyway. Anyway. Uh, anyway. Um, so... Cliff gets back home and Peeves working on something. We don't know what it is yet. And Cliff says, oh, I fell out with um, Jenny. And Peeves goes, she's a good girl. You should hold on to her. And then Cliff re- re- um, 
he um, tells us that Peeve hasn't had sex since 1932. Yeah, and then he goes, yeah, but after Margaret Penny's worth or whatever her name is, yeah. there wasn't, there wasn't, there's was no point in anyone else, which That's is right. defeatist, it really. Is, it is, but again, pragmatic. I mean, you nut once, and then you go, "That's enough for me." I've reached the pinnacle of, of of everything I wanted in life. Someone must have done that in human history. Oh, God, oh, that was great! I'm never doing that again. Like eating oysters or something. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, maybe they probably went into the priesthood after that. To be fair. Oh, yeah. There must have been someone out there who's just like, "Nope, that's not for me." <laughs> yeah, that's, I didn't like that. I prefer, I prefer golf. <laughs> and no, Nick Faldo was born. <laughs> Nigel Mansell, I bet, was like that. <laughs> <laughs> he gets his sexual thrills in a car. Yeah, but in the boot, in a Tommy gun seat, <laughs> which he has installed. Meanwhile, Neville Sinclair is filming this sword scene from The Laughing Bandit. We will never know who the Laughing Bandit is. The Laughing Bandit. It's an interesting name, but it kind of feels right, yeah. you know? Yeah. I can get it. Not not as good as the Laughing Policeman. No. I'll give him that, but, yeah. you know, just as good. But she, that lady has to say a line. Oh, my prince, with that, with that you drink of my lips so deeply. So deeply, yeah. Mm. But she's rubbish because she's the producer's daughter. Yeah, it's, it's funny, that scene, in many mm. respects, because, like, it's so joyous and silly and daft mm. and then but you still feel sorry for her mm. even though like she shouldn't be on screen at all it feels like a horrible time to have a go at Sophia Coppola doesn't it <laughs> was this the <laughs> making of Godfather part three I think it was yeah I think every time she said a line everyone was like oh, okay. oh dear there goes all the atmosphere in the scene <laughs> <laughs> she just walks in every scene and just goes <laughs> <laughs> she, she's, wow she's a talent vampire Get quick! Get her behind the camera where she can't do the damage. She did one good film, Paul. Which was? Wow. Oh, Antoinette. No, what was it called? You know, the one with Bill Murray. I can't even remember what it's called. Lost, Lost in, in Translation. Translation. Yeah. Uh, I remember watching that hmm. and feeling like it, I felt like I'd watched someone's home video for 90 minutes of their yeah. trip to Tokyo. Hmm. A lot of people raved about it just because a man whispered into a woman's ear at the end, I think. Yeah. He said... Egon's ghost. <laughs> yeah, he leans over and he goes, I've heard they're going to use Egon's ghost in the new Ghostbusters film. <laughs> and, then the, and then the credits roll. That's why I'm not doing it. Yeah. Oh. Oh dear. Franchises are great, aren't oh, they? Oh, aren't they? I'm still recovering either, from it. They either die young or live long enough to become the bad guy. That's right. And who said that? Uh, Billy Two-Face in Batman Lives. I thought it was... Um... <laughs> I thought it was the clown in Tip Part 2. <laughs> yeah. While he was being fellated. Yeah, oh dear. In spider form. Yeah. God, that's a horrible fucking image I've just given myself. It really is. Oh no, a big dick spider being knocked <laughs> off by someone I took on. Uh, <laughs> so the, yeah, the, the scene gets fucked up and also... Um... The, the co-star he was with in the scene, he stabbed him. Yes. He char- they I go, think that char- was acting, though. Yeah, they go, Charlie got stabbed. And then Neville's like, oh, I'm so sorry, Charlie. Oh, so, yeah. Charlie goes, was it because I was getting, was I stealing the scene? And we don't hear about that again. 
No, we don't. It just it, it just suggests that he's a bit more cavalier than mm. than you know than his character may suggest. Than the cavalier he's playing may suggest. Yeah, he's he's a bit more laughing than a cavalier. He certainly is. If anything, yeah. he's a bit of a bandit. It's funny though, because isn't he perfect for those kind of roles anyway? Yeah, it's like you could easily imagine Timothy Dalton doing a Robin Hood. Well, he kind of does in Flash Gordon, doesn't he? True. I mean, he even yeah, looks he... like him. Forget he was in Flash Gordon. Mm. But he does the big dance on the not the dance, but you know the fight to the death on the topple table. That's right. With the spikes. That's great. It that. is. And he says, "Freeze, you bloody bastards!" <laughs> Which is, you know, a line that will go down in for me. I want that on a t-shirt. I do. But yeah. with Arnold Schwarzenegger's face underneath it, so everyone gets confused who said it. Yeah. Imagine Arnie saying that line. Freeze, you bloody bastards. <laughs> you have to dub him like they did in that Hercules film. <laughs> dub no, him I'd with a scouser. He, if you had to give him any kind of British nationality, I would probably say, yeah, Arnold's a scouser. Or a Welshman. Mm. <laughs> I don't, Arnold, actually, maybe he's a Welshman. I'd, I'd love to hear Arnold Schwarzenegger as a Welshman. <laughs> yeah, it's a great poem. Hasta la vista, baby. <laughs> yaki da. Yeah, Get to out. the yaki da chopper da. Or Didn't a, work, or, Paul. Yeah, mine Didn't came work. out as a Geordie, so I'll go with Geordie. <laughs> Geordie Schwarzenegger. Yeah, come with me if you want to live. <laughs> come on, love. I need your boots, your claws, and <laughs> whatever it is else you've got on your pet. <laughs> All right. All right, love. Um, meanwhile... Yeah, so uh, Cl- Cliff knocks over the set. Neville says he wants um, Jenny sacked. Yeah, oh and, dear. And while he's sitting down cursing that the scene's been ruined, he overhears, as you mentioned earlier, mm. Cliff telling Jenny about the rocket he's found. Oh, I found a rocket, love. It's a big long one with, test a, it? with a bee trapped in it. Aye, it's lovely. <laughs> it's very shiny. Um, I don't and... know why all of a sudden he's become the stots, but <laughs> whatever. <laughs> this is your rocket. Um, so this little explosion <laughs> to break the tension just to break the tension little explosion uh, so yeah he overhears them he tries to uh, f- uh, follow them but they've gone uh, and then um, Cliff gets back to the air show where he has to do his clown act but because he was late Malcolm because he, he feels bad about spoiling his date the night before yeah he takes over for him oh nobody's pissed off his head hmm and then you do get a reasonably thrilling hero. Yes. You know, bumbly kind of hero moment where he has to figure out the rocketeer pack himself. Mm. And we also get my favourite stuntman in this, which is when he puts on the rocket pack and he says to Peeve, how do I look? And Peeve says, you look like a hood ornament. He yeah. presses the button and a stuntman wearing a really bad grey black wig and a moustache is pulled backwards at a huge rate and it just looks like the worst wig and... Moustache combo ever. You know what? I'll say this as well. For a film made by ILM, there are mm. some shots that are great and some which look bloody awful. Yeah. <laughs> and that time has not been kind to them. It hasn't. No, it was just at that awkward period before CG, mm. but still using optical effects. So it's, yeah. Also, we should mention before anyone does that, yes, I'm well aware that his legs would have been burnt to a crisp. Yeah. Yeah. I think because it's a comic book adaptation, you're allowed to not worry about that kind of stuff. Because <laughs> that could have been a weapon of his. He could have been like deep-throwing turds. 
<laughs> well, yeah, or, mm. you know, he just goes, oh, do you want to wear me pack? Yeah, put it on. Mm. Ah, my legs are on fire. Right, I'll take it off. Do you want to wear my pack? Yeah, I'll wear it. Ah, my legs are on fire. Right, you 30 guys all stand in a row. I'm going to hand the pack down. You can all turn it on and burn your legs off. And then when you're all done, I'll get it back. It sounds like he's like one of those entertainers in Ibiza. <laughs> they have to do, jump do, in the pool. Do. Come on and do the conga. Come on, girls. Put the pack on. Oh, and just after the uh, just after the knobbly knees competition, we got black lace. <laughs> and uh, sorry, we, you kept talking about putting the pack on, and we've accidentally booked Chris Packham. Oh no! Yeah. Oh no! He's, he's brought a cougar with him, <laughs> and he's brought Terry Nutkin's otter that bit off Terry Nutkin's fingers. Yeah, he wears a, the, the finger around his neck, <laughs> like, <laughs> like a Universal Soldier. Well, yeah, like yeah, <laughs> like wearing a, a necklace of ears or whatever it is they did. Yeah. Yeah, he's got Terry Duckin's fingers. <laughs> Are we talking about the otter or Chris Packham? Uh, I'm not, the otter is wearing yeah. like a, like around its neck, <laughs> the the thumb or the knuckle or the finger it is of Terry Duckin's of Nutkins, Yeah, uh, I, I'd forgotten he died, and I remembered the other day, and I was a bit sad. <laughs> Fair enough. I like Terry Duckin's. I don't remember too much of Adam other than the really wild show, but my attention was all on Michaela Strachan. Oh, really? She's lovely, isn't she? Unless I'm going to hear something different now where she's a fascist or something. I don't think Michaela Strachan's a fascist. Oh, thank Please God email in if Michaela Strachan is a fascist. If I found out that her, Annika Rice, Sarah Green, any of them were fascists, it'd be a really bad day for me. Mm, I'd be upset about Sarah Green. She means Sarah a lot to Green's me. too lovely. Mm. Yeah. She is. She's too pure for this world. She is. I love yeah, her. She needed an angel to look after her, and sadly, he's no longer with us. No, that's pipes. <laughs> Does that mean Mike Smith is pipes? Hey, <laughs> Mike I'm Smith not, it's, it's a theory. Mm. <laughs> I've got a sad theory. Oh yeah, it's a yeah. theory all the same. I think he is. I think he's. I think he laid some pipe in his time. Or maybe. Oh God. <laughs> I was going to say maybe he possessed the body of Michael Parkinson. <laughs> I don't, want to think I don't know where that. I'm going with this, by no, the way. No, I, don't. I just like the idea that, you know. <laughs> well, Parky does get possessed at the end, doesn't he? So. He does. Mm. He does. I was thinking it was like that film with Denzel Washington where he can pass the oh, demon by touching. Yeah. Was it called, what was it called? Fallen or something? Yeah, Fallen. That's mm. the one. Yeah. God, I'm going off on a weird mental Time tangent. Time is on my side. That one. <laughs> That's the one, yeah. Mm. A surprisingly good film that it maybe is. takes a bit too long to get going. Yeah, does a bit. But a good opening. Yes. Much and like closing. Michael Parkinson. Yes, he was. He was a good opener, Michael <laughs> yeah. Parkinson. But that was just a BBC cafe rumour. Old... Cafe? Bar? BBC bar would have made more sense. No <laughs> gossips about Michael Parkinson in a cafe. To be fair, in the 90s, they probably changed it to a, a cafe. Maybe, maybe. When so you was coffee drinking more coffee, yeah. Anyway, Rocketeer. Anyway. Um, yeah, so... Yeah, so Cliff has gone to save Malcolm, who has knocked himself out. Which always looks like quite a horrible blow to the head. A lot of people get bonked on the head in this film. Mm. With very little effort as well. Yeah. You can you can basically, you know, brush your hair too hard and fall down in that film. Yeah. I think it's the low oxygen in California and the <laughs> Yeah. It's the poor it's the smog and everything. Yeah. 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 So he he, he does rescue Malcolm. And then everybody sees him fly over and and um, John Patilito is saying, oh, part of the show, which I always enjoy. Yeah, 
this this that, uh, no one's going to buy that mate they yeah. just saw this terrifying accident happen in real time followed by an explosion and a, a you know a near rescue and mm. yeah no how would you even practice that show i don't think you could you know how many planes have you got we got seven or eight we got we got seven or eight opportunities to rehearse this then and we've got we've been through three pilots already who I couldn't rescue, so we're going to need to get this down pat for tomorrow's show. Also, all seven or eight planes have to blow up at the end. Yeah, so we'll have no planes by the end of the week. No, it's just a, a rubbish show. It's the mm. Spider-Man turn off the dark of air shows. I was going to say it's like it's been organised by Noel Edmonds. Oh God Almighty! Who? <laughs> <laughs> Come on, whoever's idea it was, it was probably Noel Edmonds. <laughs> To go, let's just put regular people off the street into yeah. highly dangerous stunt situations <laughs> for a laugh on Saturday night. For my night. entertainment, Noel said. Yeah, because I can easily imagine Noel just sitting there going, I want to kill a man. <laughs> <laughs> and I want to know how. And he was brainstorming. And I'm going to ask the BBC to help me. Yeah, it was a long plan. I've got to just, first of all, I've got to get a Saturday night show. Mm. And then after that, I need to introduce some kind of bullshit segment. And then after a while, you've just got to roll the dice, mate, haven't you? Roll mm. the dice, and eventually one of these piggies are going to squeal for me, and I'll get my telly award <laughs> or something. But I won't go to jail. No. Well, this is the thing. I don't know if he was culpable because it, they, they found, so, I don't know, it's I'm not going to go into detail, but he was mm. the executive producer of the show, but apparently he wasn't. He, he he somehow wasn't responsible for that segment. Oh, I remember he went on Wogan quite soon afterwards and had no contrition whatsoever. No, that apology, if yeah. you want to call it that, was not. It was the biggest... It was basically like, I'm great. Why don't people know I'm great? Oh, I'm great, really, if you just knew how great I was. I'm sorry if you think someone died on my show. <laughs> I can either confirm or deny <laughs> That I knew I was doing a show with a dead person on. But I should make it clear that none of this actually happened. Noel Edmonds is an uh, innocent man. Yeah, but in his heart, he knows the truth. He does. And that's going to haunt him till he dies. Yeah. So, yeah. bless him. But he's got lots of machines to stop you dying, so he'll be all right. Yeah. Do you think he will be a Howard Hughes type towards the end? I think he already is. It, well, yeah. He'll be on but... telly with that machine that can cure cancer, remember? Gives... Oh, his box of yeah. light. Yeah. Gives troubling, you troubling stuff. Mm. It's like that um, article John Ronson wrote about his time on the Deal or No Deal set. Oh, yeah. And it's a fascinating article about how Noel had turned this hot thing into a whole cult. And everyone was acting and behaving like they were part of this Noel Edmonds cult. And Noel Edmonds would just look at these people in the, in the pre-show room and go, he will win, she will lose. His vibe gives me a good feeling. He will win. And it's just bloody depressing. Oh, my God. Did, they, yeah. did everyone in the audience suddenly have to... like? tribally mark their faces like they've got that weird beard he's got. Yeah, but they, before you can be an audience member for Deal or No Deal, you have to put your biggest secret in a box right. and post and, and give that to Noel. And that way, if you ever rat him out, he's got shit on you. Yeah. And he'll, he'll, he's a bitter man, Noel. Mm. He'll take this as far as he needs to go. So everyone lives in fear. Lloyd's Bank, they yep. live in fear. The BBC live in fear of Noel Edmonds. Yeah. Sky TV. Um... Um, God fears God, Noel Edmonds. God, yeah, the Reverend Jim Jones. All of them. Yeah, they all. There should, there's going to be one day. There's going to be a Noel's Town incident, isn't there? <laughs> <laughs> all boxes full of Kool Aid that have been opened. Yeah, except it won't be Kool Aid. It'll be baby sham for him or something. Oh, yeah. It'll be something yeah. naff in eighties. Ribena. Yeah. Oh. 
So yeah, did you hear what happened down Crinkly Bottom? Yeah, well, Nola built this community for a couple of years. We kind of let him keep it to himself, but then, I don't know, 500 dead now. <laughs> I don't know how it happened. And a big burning wicker blobby in the middle. <laughs> we don't know what's going on. We should have kept an eye on this. And then the, the... Knowles, the Knowles Town tapes come on, where it's just Noel Edmonds leaving tapes about all the bad reviews he got and then why they're wrong. <laughs> <laughs> well there's Knowles Town there for you coming to BBC <laughs> 4 next year yeah I'll watch that <laughs> um, so yeah so Cliff uh, he's being chased by everybody because he's flying around and then he lands in a river and Peavy picks him up in a tiny little van I'm sorry I keep forgetting we're doing a review of yeah. Rocketeer mm. and all I've got is Noel Edmonds in my head thought <laughs> <laughs> This is terrible. I keep getting these whiplashes between what we're meant to be doing and what I'd rather be thinking about. I don't know. I keep thinking about tit too. <laughs> it's just sunk in my mind. I can't get it out. Shannon Tweed is <laughs> Penny's worth or whatever. Penny Wise. I'm trying to think of it. Penny Penny thighs. Penny thighs. Yeah. It's yeah. Not, not very sexy though. Is it? Fanny Wise. Fanny Here Wise. we go. Move on. <laughs> Oh no! <laughs> I've ruined your podcast. I'm sorry. <laughs> you really haven't. Oh, good. <laughs> it's usually like this. I take to set a precedent. <laughs> Fanny <Wise. laughs> Oh no! <laughs> oh dear. Oh well, uh, <clears throat> it's a living, <laughs> right? <laughs> so <laughs> the um, yeah, so they escape in a little van, and everyone goes to Bigelow's office later on. And says, "So what's this Rocket Man called?" And he says, "And Bigelow's first suggestion is Rocket Boy." That'll do. And they're like, "No, no, no, no!" And he looks out the window and he sees a van with something with tear on the end. He says, "What about Rocketeer?" Oh yeah, he Kaiser Soze'd it properly, he didn't he? Yeah, <laughs> I'm glad there wasn't a van outside for I don't know <laughs> horse Rat- piss. <laughs> horse piss, yeah. <laughs> He's the pissateer. <laughs> what about Rocker horse piss? <laughs> yeah, there no, we go. No, no. Oh. <laughs> why would you have a van full of horse piss <laughs> as a business? It's, it's, it's in China. It's very. Oh, okay. high, high demand. <laughs> it's all going back to Howard Hughes's place. It's seen as a delicacy. <laughs> yeah, pickled, salad dressing. Yeah, lots of pickled veg in piss. Yeah. <laughs> um, right. Yeah. So anyway, so he's now the rocketeer, and um, so then later on, the feds go to Bigelow's office to talk to him more about this, and he's been folded in half. Oh, he's been folded. But it the origami killer, he's yeah, back. It wasn't a murder, though. He was actually trying to suck his own dick. <laughs> <laughs> and it went wrong. <laughs> when do you give up, though, when you're in that position? When do you go, I might be pushing it here. I could just do one more lurch forward. I reckon I can get the tip in my... I'm lucky I've got a foreskin. Otherwise, this would be right out the window. <laughs> and then he's lying there with his feet right but either side of his head. And yeah. he's, he's just got the tongue on the end. Yeah, that's how he's found. I've done it. Hey, <laughs> <Yay, laughs> worth it. 
<laughs> automatically posts on Instagram with his dead body with the thumb up sign. <laughs> cool <laughs> Norris. Hashtag life goals. <laughs> cool, cool Norris McWhirter. <laughs> Wait till Roy Castle sees this. <laughs> Never did that with Cheryl Baker on work. Record breakers, did they? <laughs> oh, Chris Agabusi. <laughs> it would have made for a fantastic episode of You Bet. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Imagine going on You Bet. Say, I can, I can well, Matthew, I'm, we're going to ask this panel of celebrity judges if, if Alan from Croydon can suck his own dick. What do you think, Damien from Brookside? Ooh. No, I don't think he can. Oh, like a gushy grey. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> they find right. they find a note that Lothar wrote. I can suck my own dick. <laughs> I promise. <laughs> the, the next note just says, "Visa v dick sucking." <laughs> Had small accident. Please, could you call an ambulance? <laughs> Oh, anyway, he need help going to the toilet. <laughs> I I wish he'd have lived, and then he just had to walk around like that. So he'd, he'd kind like of Reagan from Exorcist, <laughs> with his head facing down and looking from behind him. Oh, yeah, paranoid till the last day of his life. Yeah. Oh, oh dear. Oh, Rocketeer, dear. then. Anyway. <laughs> yeah.
Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.